We are back. Episode 99, Lyrical Ones Podcast. Joined as ever and in transit today. Alfluent, how are you doing this evening? Feel me? B-L-A, 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 that Bay Bridges on they ass. Um, you know, what is normal but uniqueness? What is uniqueness but the norm? You know, sometimes you just got to conform, conform to your instincts. True. You know, go with the flow. I try to, I try not to second guess myself. <laughs> I appreciate that the lyrical ones are here with me at this moment because one of my exercises for working on trusting my instincts is actually driving and switching lanes and trusting the, my, the energy that's pulsing through my body and what I see and what I feel and what I perceive a quarter mile ahead of me, quarter mile at a time. Quarter mile at a time. Quarter mile at a time. I don't have friends. I have family. Yeah. Send diesel. So, <laughs> Kevin Nash. I don't know. How did we? How did they miss the opportunity to put Kevin Nash in the Fast and the Furious? You know, oh, man, people underestimate the power of Kevin Nash. Yeah. Kevin Nash can now be called the last of the outsiders. Wow. R.I.P. Razor Ramon. R.I.P. Razor Ramon. The guy who was oozing machismo. Bad guy. And when I was young, right? When I when I when I was young, I thought he, he said Uzi Machismo. But that's not what he was saying at all. And that's and that's okay. Because you know, he was working on his accent. That's true. I was working on my pop culture, so it's all good. Watch there me we go, go through this tunnel. I'm gonna even hold my breath. Like the well, with that, I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? Swimming is necessary for holding breath. Um, you breathe out through your nose, breathe in through your mouth. Um, I learned as I like to run, and I oftentimes do the opposite. So, you know, one of those things where uh, trusting your instincts is essential and necessary, especially at a time like this where... It is very easy to second-guess yourself when the world around you promotes second-guessing yourself in a variety of ways. It's one of those things that is easy to slip into. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned this many times, and practice is the is the is the repetition. Oftentimes, we're trained to ask for permission when we really don't need permission for what we need. We are in a society, in a world, 
that has created permission around necessity. If you need to go to the bathroom, you should not have to raise your hand. But oftentimes we're met with that. You need to go to the bathroom. You should just go. But we start to develop this behavior in school where we need to ask to go to the restroom. You need to go. You have to go. It is something your body function just normally does on its own. You don't ask to breathe. You're going to breathe. It's what your body does. So when you need to go to the bathroom, it shouldn't be a matter of permission. It should just be accessible. So, right, going with what you were saying around, you know, not second guessing yourself, trusting your instinct, embracing your authenticity, right? Episode 92, authenticity. Um, bringing it to the moment now where, as we both know, people will approach us, rely on us, need us, want us to do different things. And you had brought up a good point around no. This word That's right. that often can be misinterpreted as what I know versus no, I'm not. I'm not saying what I know. I'm saying no access. I'm saying no, I need space. No, I'm not going to do that. I can't. I won't. I don't feel like it. Oftentimes, you know, it, it even goes and extends to often how we bring up discipline and thinking about, right, what do you need to maintain yourself, to sustain yourself, to sustain your growth, to soothe yourself, to keep you cool, keep you calm? Because not everyone's going to be able to do it for themselves. And not everyone can learn from your practice, even if you were to tell them what it is and how it goes. But it's essential for those that have enough self-awareness to make sure they utilize and oh so yeah I, I really as you as you said right when there's games that need to be won when we want to hold dear and near to our appreciation joy love pride for our teams as much as we will display and communicate to the world our our commitment our 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 yeah our commitment our commitment to what we believe our commitment to what we know right as we stay you know loyal even if you decide to switch and hop on another bandwagon whatever the case may be there's a sense of loyalty even if it's a, even if it's just for a week or it's 10 years or a lifetime or multi-generational pass down. That's the one we change your mind. More importantly, though, how you communicate that is a practice that we all can see in the many, many variety of displays. People put on a hat. People put on a jersey. People put on a T-shirt. People put a sticker on a car. People will wave a flag or a towel or some type of bobblehead or foam finger. The way that it's so easily communicated the same thing should be done for no. I like how cameras just like say, hey, we're here and we're going. But the audio no. will remain. The camera said no. And that's all good. The camera said no. And I'm going to appreciate and accept that for a moment. But then I'm going to be like, um, 
not know forever, no for the moment. No for the for the whatever you needed it for. I get it, I understand. I hey, everybody need their boundaries. But right? Working with, you know, you ain't an adamant object, camera. And I and I I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I get to utilize your services and your capabilities. Now, you being inanimate. That's right. Appreciate appreciate the machines. Cause appreciate the machines because they're coming for me. They're coming for us all. Um, I'm making sure that this is, you know, cataloged and known. Some of y'all be tripping. I'm like, all right, you're going to see what's going to happen. You've seen the Matrix. You've seen Terminator. You've seen our robot. You've seen it. I'm telling you. Right. It's like you can't leave. You can't leave a baby in the sun in the car. You can't leave an animal in the sun in the car. You can't leave your phone in the sun in the car. Oh, you cannot. No, you cannot. Then the woman who's closest to you. No. At least in America. No. It's yeah. This is it's just a crazy time. Not crazy. It's not crazy. It is a time. Where the frequency of crisis and the frequency of urgency falls on people who hold a lot of responsibility, um, people who often take the lead in their own lives, right? They they often chart unbeaten paths. They pave new roads. They create new pathways in their legacy and their family's history, right? They end up being legendary in their own right. And yeah, like. This is this is this is uh, as gruesome and dark as humor can get for from me. One of my close friends was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about moving to Philly," and I just I'm like, I remember what they said they wanted to go. They wanted to go to Seattle, right? So they've been saying that forever, and I'm like, I love this person so much that I want them to accomplish the first goal before they move on and switch it up to a different goal. Nothing wrong with changing your mind, but I know deep down at their core. They're, they're gonna always have this thing where it's like, oh, I should have. So I nudge them. I nudge them. I've been sending these very subliminal and somewhat very direct messages. And again, it's not about the, the place, Philly, right? Because I love Philly. I love, I just, the culture has influenced me in so many different ways and to that same degree my friend right but i'm like you could go to philly next it's quite a farther distance coming from california so go to seattle it's closer then you go to philly after um but when you pay attention things will find you and what found me was there was this video going around around the, the poverty the unhoused in philly and how much it's like shaped the area so i sent that to my friend right because i'm like as much as you want to move here be mindful of what you're stepping into now that's not to say that doesn't exist everywhere i mean i'm in the bay i see it all the time right it is it is common in the united states where metropolitan areas this is the case and he's like man you sent me that i'm like yeah right i did right Cause I'm like, be mindful. You don't know your way around like that, right? You've at least been to Seattle. You you know you know what to expect to some degree. And it's not to say that it don't exist in both places, but it says Philly. So guess what? I'm sending it to you. 
then I get another thing I see on Twitter where they were saying back in that, like, I want to say sometime in the 1800s, there was a tannery that used black people's skins as leather for their shoes in Philly. I sent them that. Now, again, this could have been happening all over America, but what I saw was the correlation of Philly being placed in the messaging of this atrocity. I'm going to nudge you. I care. I love. And in my own way, this came across my view. So now I'm sending it to you because as much as I know you want to go, you can get there later. Right. So I know he going to understand and perceive it as it is. Right. This is a very common form of communication between the two of us. We are very brutally dark, morbid in our conversations and, and our humor. Not not different than the great American author, Kurt Vonnegut, who often laughed in the face of many atrocity by finding humor in it. Going back to the boundaries of no. Right. When you when you know someone well, right, and you don't you're not acting out and trying to harm them. You're acting out in their wellness and what they've stated to you, right? What are the things that you know to be core? Now they can at any time communicate that's no longer who they are. And hopefully you can resonate and accept that and respectfully support that. But if they don't, I feel like as a community, we have to be aware. That sometimes our closest people, they need you to see them at their core. They need you to see through what they're saying in the moment. Because, again, as much as we could say no, we also have to exercise empathy and a level of grace and restraint to know who's in front of us. Because some of us will not say no. Some of us will say, no, I got you. And they'll spread themselves thin. And I don't want this to just be left up to the sole individual as much as we can think about our brother, our sister, our uncle, our auntie, our mother, our father, our grandparents, our cousins, our best friends, our close friends, our close acquaintances, our significant others, our partners, our esposas, our esposos, or whatever. Everybody. Think about your kids. Think about your nephews, nieces, whoever. Think about your children. Think about everybody. Them seeing you being able to exercise that empathetic, that the empathy, the empathy, the empathetic approach of restraint for another, knowing that at their core who they are, and seeing through that. Okay, you know what. I need to step in and step up, right? The same way I have my morbid way of communicating with my friend to push him in the direction of what he, at the core, has always said for decades, right? Because at any time, you're like, bruh, no, nah, it ain't happening. Okay. But every message he received, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to Seattle. Okay. Because I noticed what you really want deep down inside. Plus, they got a bunch of retro video game stores. So, vicariously, I get to live through you if you go there and buy a bunch of video games. Still, you know, that's what it is. But, be all jokes aside, as much as I say no, 
I have to make sure that as a community that's around me, I also communicate, right? Just as simple as my wife before I get on the podcast. I told my wife, don't ever let me shave my head before I get on the podcast again. Because I was scrambling right. to get on. I'm like wearing a headscarf underneath the mask to prevent the blood that I got from cutting my head a couple times from the nicks that I got getting onto the mask. I communicate the need and what she say, she said, but you going to say, no, nah, I got enough time. And I was like, look, that was me yesterday. Me today. Mm-mm. Nope. You tell me, support me, prevent me, just say it so I can then trigger this moment in my head of when I'm sitting here scrambling because again as much as I may be late at times I don't like being late time is of the most importance so please prevent me from doing something stupid my community my wife thank you receive your message now next time when I'm like oh I got 30 minutes no I don't Because it's not 30 minutes to do the job. At least do it well. And so, yeah, that's the thing, right? As much as I can say no, I can say no to myself. Don't do it. But sometimes you need a little reminder. Sometimes you need a little help, support, right? Sometimes you get lost in the sauce. Sometimes you get a phone call from somebody you care about and you love about someone else you care about and you love. And it turns into a whole conversation about crisis turns into a crisis of urgency, urgency of anxiety, a sense of stress, a sense of sadness, anger, a multitude of emotions. And so having people around you who can see that in you and know how to respond because you had a conversation about what you need in the moment when you're going through it, it goes both ways. As much as I may say no to keep a space, sometimes I need my people to come and take me out of the space, to pull me back, right? Not to hold me back from whooping somebody. I'm talking about they can see me going into the deep end and I might not have the stamina to go into the deep end. I might not have the capacity of my lungs right now to go into the deep end. I may need to be reminded, hey, right now you just need to get on your back and float and swim in the other direction. And and. You know, it's it can snap you out of the moment. You get so lost in the sauce. You get so in the zone. Sometimes you're in the wrong zone. Sometimes you're in a zone that's not sustainable. Sometimes you're in a zone that as much as you're familiar with it, it really ain't meant for you. Sometimes it was a predisposition. It was designed for you to be there in that zone. It was a trap. Not every zone is a zone you need to be in. We all good at something. And some things we good at, we really don't need to have. So, No. As suns move and solar eclipses and lunar eclipses and all kinds of different activities happen, um, you know, they have done studies of people talking to plants and how plant will grow and will be vibrant when it's given words of peace and love and positivity. And then how a plant could be destroyed and it's unable to grow or it's growing, but not to the same degree as the other plant. That's given love. The same could be said for our clouds, our weather, for our universe, our space, for as distant as the moon may be, or the sun, or the other planets. Everything has the potential to impact us in a way 
that will have results that are unforeseen, that will land differently for every person. And so no is such an incredible tool, just as much as letting people know when you need them to say no on your behalf, when you need them to tell you no. Tell me no. Know that I need you to tell me no. That's right. So. That was good. I mean, sometimes you need to tell yourself no. And sometimes you need to tell yourself you know better. Mm. And you know, I had a situation where I knew better. At least a portion of me did. Pieces of me did. But I didn't do better. Right? The application was off. Yes. It happens sometimes. I can admit that. So just one of the situations where, look at that, in my boxes out here. Off the, off the road. No longer in transit, made it to home base with my trusty exercise bike here. And I knew better, but I definitely did not do better. And in my in my inaction or my lack of doing better caused some some harm. You know, and you know, maybe it's not lasting trauma, right? But it's definitely unnecessary harm, definitely unnecessary stress that was preventable from my end. Because right, stress is gonna come, but you know, from my end, I could have said no. Now you know better, and. All I had to do was let the other party know that no, I can't in this moment support in this way. And just navigating the idea that sometimes it don't even cross my mind to ask for help. Sometimes it don't cross my mind that I could be overwhelmed. It's like, I don't see myself in that way. Um, and it's not a necessarily a pride thing as much as if I put my mind to something, I think I'm capable. I don't operate from a place of, oh, like I might not be able to make that happen. Um, I do think pros and cons. I do think, you know, time constraints. But I never think if I give my full effort, this may not turn out the way I want it to. And I feel like as an artist in your process, you have to sometimes be okay with things not turning out like you want them to. And learning how to navigate 
from those those crashes and learning how to navigate from those missteps or those wrong turns or catching the wrong wind in yourselves and being blown off course because the things you learn on your way to getting back on course will prevent you from being off course again and help you navigate better in the future. And very much, again, appreciative, I think, still in the space of loving the grief that comes with loss, loss of opportunity, uh, loss of just loss of a win, loss of a, a, a chance to do better lost time because I know what's on the other side of that grieving that loss is understanding is progression is growth is application and I'm still in a place where like okay, what does it look like for me to mourn this transition and then move on because my goal is to move on. So the sooner I can mourn what I need to let go of, the sooner I can move forward. But if I say I'm going to be stagnant and procrastinate or move slower so that I don't mourn or grieve, I'm missing the opportunity that comes from moving forward at a faster pace. We talk about failing fast, but I think grieving at a comfortable speed is important too. It's like, yeah, show up to grieve. Like whatever memorial service you need for the things you are letting go of, have that. Sometimes it's an EP. Sometimes it's an album. Sometimes it's a poem that you worked on and the show that you work, was working on it for gets canceled. Sometimes it's your own project that you decide, I've worked on this long enough and I actually don't want to share it with the world. Sometimes it's just one song. Sometimes it's just one verse that you you have put the proper amount of energy into it and it's time to stop there. And when that happens, right, it's, it's time to, to grieve more and, and move forward. Say, no, there's no more time for this. Yeah, I mean, that, that brings up a lot of different memories of the grieving process and knowing what you need for yourself in those moments of grief, knowing that grief is different for everybody. There's no timetable. There's no window. There's no expiration date on grief. Some people, it's a lifetime. Some people, it's in seasons. It's in, it's in moments of time. It's, it's spurts, right? 
it's sprints. Maybe it's a maybe it's a marathon. But it is a process. Everyone has their own process. I remember it recalls when my mother passed away, and I remember all I wanted to do was play Metal Gear Solid Five. I remember that was my catharsis, my catharsis channeling, because Is that Metal Gear. Uh, not Guns of the Patriots. It was the Phantom. It was the Phantom Pain, and the actually like so. This is the way it really broke down. It was Ground Zeroes, which was the the demo that they had come out that you had to buy. Not everybody agreed with it, but me being a fan of Kojima at the time, I was like, Psh, "You can have my money." I didn't even have a PS4 yet. I was like, Psh, "This is I'm for day one, day one." So I remember playing Ground Zeroes, which was the demo, or like the whole like week of her, like after she passed, that was all I zoned out and played. I just sat down and played it because of the nostalgia trip of playing the first game and how excited I was to talk about it with my mom and remembering how she had an eye for, she had an ear, ain't that something? She had an ear, uh, an imagination and a, a palette. Her palette was, she liked, you know, things that were about suspense, about, you know, all these twists and turns in the plot of a story and Metal Gear Solid was the same. It was like the same thing. All the John Grisham novels she used to read, the there were a lot of the similar elements and parallels and the twists and turns of the characters in the story of Metal Gear Solid. And so right. it was something we both had an exchange on, right? Her with her movies of suspense, suspense thrillers, the mystery films, where you know she's learning and processing what's about to happen and a lot of times seeing the ending before you even get there right knowing who the killer is or knowing how these events took place metal gear solid was in that way for me so over the years as the metal gear solid games came out that was always something that i would be like so excited like i can remember like 9 11 and metal gear solid 2 and her giving me this book called joshua's hammer that had some very eerie similar events to 9 11 prior to 9 11 happening and then playing this game about memes before memes were a thing and talking about the deception in media and how narratives are created and all these things and i'm like now you're gone i don't have the ability to talk about playing this game with you but i'm gonna play this game to process my own grief because in the game phantom pain it's talking about loss it's talking about grief it's talking about how we deal with you know our own identity in the conflicts that come across and you know our relationships that come across and how we romanticize people who they're flawed right how sometimes we'll gloss that over and my mother always telling me about loss because experiencing loss in my family was a almost annual thing. It was like almost every year you lose somebody close to you. And it wasn't always someone that was old. It was sometimes sudden. Sometimes it was someone young. And so playing Metal Gear Solid 5, I remember playing it that week. And then when I beat that again in the summer, her birthday was in August. I played it again for a week where I just put all these hours into this game and it became this catharsis of channeling all these energies, all these memories, all these different things in this one game where, yeah, I just, that was my process where, yeah, I would play this game. 
and that was giving me a sense of of release a sense of relief from the grief that i was experiencing missing my mother and so yeah it's one of those things where you have to find it right and sometimes it can be harmful to you it could be harmful to others i've seen where my cousins have lost their mothers and they were young and they you know get caught up in behavior and caught up in actions and habits and routines that are harmful to them that end up impacting myself and others around them and it's an ebb and flow some people come out of it and some people come out to go back in right and it's it's something where you know even within grief you have to know how to navigate your boundaries you have to know how to navigate with your community and communicate what you need in grief because grief can do a lot to a lot of people grief not I mean, just as much as money can illuminate and magnify who you are grief can do the same thing it is often underestimated how you know people show up differently when grief is happening you know i mean i have an auntie who's loves to make every every person who passes it's about them it's about them. It's not about the person who passed. It's not about their next of kin or their closest relatives or their best friend. It's all about them. This one auntie, right? Who hollering every single moment and every day. If there's a way to get any sense of control over a situation in the vulnerability of grief, well, she gonna find a way. Now, me, I've come to develop my own boundaries and practices of dealing with that behavior. But again, right? Because the world is the world as it is, as the world changes and things happen, yeah. how you change with it matters most. And so exploring the conversation of grief and knowing your relationship with it and even challenging your relationship, whether it's the evolution or just being aware and having a deeper sense of knowing, it's all necessary if you see, if you see fit. You know, it's just one of those things that I think about Metal Gear Solid and the kinetic feeling of figuring out every mission, every puzzle, every moment. But it's this, this weird sense of euphoria where it's like, man, the years have passed, times have changed, and I see the parallels and I'm immersing myself in using these parallels as a way of healing and yes i don't kill anybody in metal gear solid i try to use as many tranquilizer weapons or non-lethal weapons as possible because it gives me the ability i love grotesque violence we had a whole thing episode 92 about mortal Kombat. it speaks to my soul but yeah you ain't you ain't gotta give a disclaimer for your 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 desire to to not kill yeah, but most people like I mean when I when people talk about Metal Gear Solid Five, most people. I, but you know, we talking to people, you know what I'm saying? Gotta gotta represent for the ones yeah, that yeah, do yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Just yeah. Like if they if they hear and they want to kill people in Metal Gear Solid, they can speak up and, and talk about it. But if we talk about tranquilizers, let's also talk about the ration sticks. Those are real. They are. Calorie mate. And they do not taste good. <laughs> Calorie mate is real. That was the first. That was literally the first 
merchant first not merchandise first retail thing i bought when i landed in japan was calorie made at the train station now <laughs> i can i can only be myself <laughs> i can only be myself and that's just a true story that's just what happened like at the train station waited for the train i think it was the last thing i bought too mind you i did not try it before that i did not try it before i bought the second one if i had i'd have known how disgusting it is how utterly bland and dry it is but did the, ex did the exclamation mark just pop up above your head after you ate it no 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 it it happened bef before that when i opened it it was it looked like shortbread but it don't smell like shortbread and i've got i'm real sensitive to smell but it didn't it didn't smell like that at all so calamari is real speaking of speaking of mothers um it's wild because some people only get to be mothers for a short time and then they transition into ancestorhood they pass on before they can name their child and a pregnant person's right to decide whether or not to give birth as well as their right to decide whether they want to conceive in the first place is a right that every person should have no matter the country they're in I mean this is not about what a politician says is right what a politician says is wrong what any politician has to say about being human and someone's right to choose whether labor will take their life or not. And we know that sometimes abortions save lives. And we can look at so many people responsible for their involvement in the death 
of children, teenagers, young adults, young professionals, husbands, wives, aunties, uncles. Watch people walk around with semi-automatic and automatic weapons and kill people and serve very little to no no time being incarcerated. Like the only reason well no, the only like that's the thing like you can always go back to money, but you can also go back to like control over someone to the point that it's manipulative and it's abusive. And right now in America the government's just being a bully to women. Right? Not just being a bully, I don't mean to diminish it actually actually at all. It's very it's very messed up actually. Uh, it's a wild place to be in when I come across so much harm in the world. And then I have to navigate my own pain, the pain of loved ones, and the pain of friends who are all experiencing their, their time within this country in different ways, in varying ways, and in ways that are harmful to the psyche, to the mind. To the spirit and you know it crossed my mind that I wish I could help everybody and now I'm in a space where like I know that I don't want to burn out because I still have more people to look after and to help and that's always going to change and I'm always going to do right by people who are struggling and women are struggling right now you know to keep their rights and you know the idea of I wish I could do more like it's a tough idea to navigate because I need to tell myself no I'm doing enough and I don't need to do more for anybody. I'm doing enough for the folks that are in my scope and whether I do more or do less, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, embracing that. Um, 
I haven't seen this movie, but the title I think is appropriate. I think it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Michelle Yeoh, who does an incredible job from what I've heard. I know it, but I've heard. You know, I don't want to. Nah, I do what I want. So, Michelle Yeoh, who is an incredible and talented actress. Um, in this moment, everything, everywhere, all at once. Really accepting and embracing that because it works for everyone. Even if you choose not to, there's still a level of acceptance in there because you made the choice that you embracing something, that you accepting something, saying no, right? Now, saying no for others mm. depends, right? Are we speaking out of the close proximity and relation and intimacy that's created between friends, family, community? Or are we speaking for those that we have no real involvement or understanding of their lives? When you make a law, you have to take that into consideration. Because as, as I had told someone earlier, breaking a heart is not breaking the law. You get your heart broke out here. You can find yourself in very unfortunate circumstances and situations depending on a variety of variables. But when it comes to imposing on others, forcing others, telling others what they should do with their body, we have to be very careful. And unfortunately, it sounds like our Supreme Court justices right now are neglecting that, right? that are stepping further and further away from thinking of people and thinking of control, thinking of what are what is needed, right? People can go into every single conspiracy theory they want. We can look at the facts right now. We can look at, right now, major media conglomerates get paid by pharmaceutical companies. We can see that their investment firms that benefit from war, famine, starvation. Nestle owns a lot of the world's drinkable water, yet has the nerve to give away the formula for babies, but charge people for the water. Think about that. We live in a world where people will do anything and everything to benefit themselves to the degree of harming others. You can see it all around you in a variety of ways, whether it's people who are unhoused, who do not have a place to live, all the way to the people who are starving. We speak in abundance, and it does exist, but there's people who are trying to tap into that abundance and direct it all towards themselves. That is the truth. So as we are talking about the boundaries of no, that goes for women's rights. That goes for women's bodies in every level, to every degree, having the ability to say no. And us as people respecting what those no's mean is imperative. It's important. And so, yeah, like you bring up a really good point about right now we're at a point in time where no is ever pressing and ever present. And the mixed messaging and the ability to get lost in the opulence and distractions that are presented and provided where, you know, people will deceive you. People will 
I mean, people get surprised over the most minuscule of things, but if you take the time to just look at the past, there's nothing to be surprised about. Whether it's your false hero who's presented this image of saviorship because they leverage it for a commodity and consumerism and wealth. Whether it's the people who serve you a lifestyle that is not sustainable for the masses and yet gives a disproportionate effect on how people perceive themselves and their own insecurities. Again, you got to say no. You got to know when to say no. You got to know yourself. You got to know your boundaries. And so, yeah, I mean, affluent, you you definitely hitting on a very poignant and ever timely topic. And it is it is something that is applicable in a in a variety of ways and a multitude of measures. So with that being said, affluent, do you have any final thoughts or words for the people on this episode 99 of the Lyrical Ones podcast. Like I want folks who don't have to navigate some of the battles of the other other that other people do. That sometimes no can be met with a defiance, aggression, um, a dismissal, dehumanization uh, of of a person who just wants to use or or prey on people, use people or prey on people. And I know sometimes there are people, women who, who use the word no and then have to fight for their lives And I know people who have said no to strangers on the street and then have to worry about being followed for hours because they're on foot. And none of this is easy. Some areas might be easier for some. Others may be easier for others. You know, find the support that you need always. Then find the movement that you need, the physical movement that you need. Find the the mindset that allows you to press forward. And then find the mechanism that helps build a routine around properly nourishing yourself and and recovery. Find a movement, find your peace, grasp the peace, but don't stop moving. Like sound does not defeat silence. And it never it never does. And all sound does is move where the silence exists. But the silence is still there. So sometimes focus is more important to 
to find what's hidden in the silence, to find the announcements that are made in the silence, where you trust your instincts and you learn about yourself in that silence. And if the instincts say make noise, make sure you make time to to listen once the noise is made and find that the silence is still there. Silence has returned and the, the announcements are still being made when the silence comes. So just know that without the noise and all the energy that may be around around this legislation that may be changing. Like remember to find the silence and find what's in store for you in the silence because it's fleeting and sound does not overcome silence. You're right. Sound does not overcome silence. So, with that being said, sound will find the silence. Episode 99. 99. Shout out to September 9th, 1999. Sega Dreamcast. Also, my cousin. Shout out to Knights the Gathering. Shout out to Knights the Gathering. And what was that? Panzer? Panzer Dragoon Sucker. Mortal Kombat came out on September 9th. One, 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 one. One.